You're going to find that many of the foods we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. Swotor Reforged is brought to you by TweetAudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty, all at TweetAudio.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of SWOTOR Reforged. I am your host, Jedi Master Eve Arwen, and today's record date is Tuesday, excuse me, Tuesday, August 7th. Welcome, all in one, one and all, to SWOTOR Reforged. Thank you very much for choosing this as your tour podcast or one of the many ones that you like to listen to. As always, I am joined by the one and only lore master himself Louis Olan Hello Ivarwin Thank you for that kind intro Hello everyone in the chat room Glad you're all here And not to be undone by his unbelievable lore We have Fred Woodley Lord Sith Lord Corv himself Yo Yo Thank you for, uh, for joining us Lord of the Sith You're welcome yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Great to have you. So, all right. First off, I just want to say... Can you hear the Sithiness as I try to sound as, you know, unbelievable as possible? No, you just sound uninterested. To be <laughs> you got to work on it. you got to start with more, like, grunting. And, uh, well, Sith don't grunt. Just... Do we have a sound effect for when I force choke you? Uh, we can get one. We can get one. I haven't loaded up a, a Wookiee rant in a long time. i got to start going back to the old the old Star Wars soundboard that we used to use on the show. <laughs> it just makes us miss Dave. Yeah, it's true. All right. Um, we got a lot to cover today. And I want to start off first by saying, obviously, we, we did the show last week. And then the day after, they said, free to play, free to play, free to play. And then everyone went crazy. Um, so crazy, in fact, that, that some tour podcasts that only release a show once every three months released a show. And then <laughs> other, other tour podcasts, um, you know, got their little, you know, fingers in on it too. And we just kind of sat back and, uh, you didn't hear from us. Well, the reason is, is because we wanted to do a show that night and couldn't. We wanted to do a show a day after. We couldn't. We've been, between work and the network, it's just been crazy. Um, so we couldn't we couldn't release the show. And then by the time it actually got to a point where we could release the show, which I think would have been like Saturday, we said let's just let's just do it on our normal day, and then kind of just report from a different angle. Because at that point, everyone heard, you know what the other shows were saying and we're aware of that and we don't want to just you know be redundant um if you listen to those other shows that's that's fine if if you don't um well you'll i guess you'll hear it here first but 
We just didn't want, at the sake of redundancy and annoying, you know, the listeners, we just, we held back. We were going to do our show yesterday on Monday, but unfortunately work for me became an issue. I had a few things uh, come to my attention that required a few extra hours of, of labor and and therefore um, made the show doing uh, doing the show yesterday was impossible. So I, I personally apologize for not getting this show out when, when you commonly expect it. And I also apologize for not getting this information out to you in a, uh, in a hurried manner. So we would have liked to have been out there, but uh, it just wasn't possible. But we're here, and and uh, and so is and so is free to play, or or just about or just about here, isn't that right, Lou? Yes, in a I guess a couple of months, uh, as Bioware makes the transition, you know, free to play will soon be a reality of the game. Exactly. Now we'll we'll start getting to that in a little while. Um, but one thing I just want to make a quick note on. I am. I think I think Lou and Lou and. Lou and Fred, can I can I answer can I can I speak to for you as well when I say that I'm really angry with the other large shows that that talk about Tor and in the manner in which they were speaking about it this week. I mean, are we on the same page with this, or is it just me? Am I just you know obnoxious? I'm partially I... angry. Okay, and and Lou. I am annoyed and surprised. Uh, more likely, no, equally surprised and annoyed at, at the stance a lot of our fellow podcasters have, uh, the stance they've taken on the game as of late, and and with this latest announcement, yeah, it, it's just raised the bar a little more for me in terms of uh, the annoyance factor has gone that, that much higher. Yeah, um, look. I, at the sake of, at the risk of just, just really being obnoxious. All right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drop any names. You guys are, you know, you, if you listen to the other shows, fine. Um, and I've said this before on the show, and I really hate to say shame on you again, but I mean that's really kind of like how I feel. I feel let down by some of these other shows. They've been critical, and and write down uh, negative about about this release of being free to play to the point where. One of them it couldn't even get off their high horse in the manner in which they spoke. I mean, it, it seemed to me like the entire time they've been talking about this game, they thought like, you know, uh, they were, uh, you know, who they were, and they had their their reputation on the line or something. Um, talking about talking about Tor, and now all of a sudden it goes free to play, and all of a sudden now it's like you know beneath them to talk about this game and. You know, oh woe is me! I'm I, I'm doing a show about a free to play game. Like one of those shows really kind of came off in that way, and thank God for the other two people talking on that show because they definitely elevated this this person's tone ever so slightly. But by the end of the show, every one of them were like dragging their face on the, on the concrete regarding the free to play news. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Fred, do you know who I'm talking about? I have an idea. You have an idea? All right, good. That means I'm being um, general enough to 
to not. Yeah, and if uh, if it's who I'm thinking of, I don't frequently listen to their podcast anyway because this isn't the first time they've come across that way. Yeah. Well, look, the three of us here, we're actually excited about about the free to play news. And if you don't believe me, check on my own personal Twitter. Okay, I sent as soon as this news dropped. I tweeted at Swotor. I said, finally, thank you. Because if you listen to the show, you know we've been waiting for this news. In fact, we said it at the end of the episode last week. We've been waiting for the news that this game is going to go free to play. So we're, we're totally excited about this. But everyone just seems to be so negative and down in the dumps about it. What do you... Why? <laughs> well, well to, to be fair, there are a couple of podcasts out there that didn't take it bad. They've voiced that they have a few concerns, but they've stated that they're going to stay subscribers and they're sticking with the game for the long haul. You know, it's just some of the really big dogs that everybody knows and thinks of when you mention SWOTOR podcasts that have been really down on this. But there are a lot of po- there's a few podcasts out there that took it really well, and you know they're just waiting to see what happens. Right. Well, I guess. I guess from that standpoint, um, they, like I said, there there was there was there there was another one out there that um, that was really just very factual, and I, I was very appreciative of that of that manner in which in that tone in which they came off. Um, and I think everyone is kind of cautiously optimistic, or at least at least those who are optimistic are cautiously optimistic because you know we've we've all been involved in games that that have promised you know, uh, bright, sunny skies and rainbows, and then it's been anything but. So, you know, I know a lot of us who want this to turn out good are just saying, gee, I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but I'm really excited for this to drop. I guess you can kind of count me in that if, if I'm to be really fair, but honestly, like, I'm just more, like, fanboy excited than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just see this this hitting, and then just like DC Universe Online – it's going to be, uh, you know, really popular, and then there's going to be a lot more, you know, a lot of people playing, and I don't know. Uh, anyway, I just want to say, look, I'm sorry, guys, that you had to go through that this week. We're going to try and make up for it. We're going to, you know, we're going to talk uh, about how excited we are that this that this news was done. Um, so before we get onto our our in-game stuff, which we always like to start every show off with, uh, Fred, you got something to uh, to round us off? Well, I'd, because we didn't have any paid mentions this week, there's something that I wanted to mention in this section before we actually get into our game topic. Sure. I wanted to let everybody know that our producer on our network, Joe Wilson, started a Kickstarter recently for his book, Continua, which was previously only available on the ebook on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And he, his Kickstarter, he's trying to get his book put into an actual written form it's a dream of his, and if you'd be so kind and you can spare the funds, please go to kickstarter.com, search for Continua, C-O-N-T-I-N-I-A, and you'll find his Kickstarter, and if you could contribute anything, he'd really appreciate it. And if you want an easier way to find it, check out our forums at questgamingnetwork.com, or questgamingcommunity.com, rather. And click on our general forum. There is a sticky link right to his Kickstarter. Yeah, I was uh, really excited for Joe when he announced this. Um, 
a little you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of optimism has been floating his way this week regarding this. He's been he's been seeing some donations and previously like this sort of thing for him was just a pipe dream and it warms my heart to see him so excited that number one this is something he's going full steam ahead with and number two it looks like it's going to be a reality if not eventually then then much sooner than never for him which is previously what this was it was just never going to happen now it looks like it may and uh, i know he's he's really excited I'm, i'm totally excited for him as well um, I I really hope that it happens for him too. It will. Because it he, will. He really deserves it. He's a great guy. I know, and it will happen by by hook or by crook. Um, it will happen for him. So we'll we'll get it going. Um, between all of us and between the listeners, it'll happen. I, I have complete and complete total faith. Um, as always, this episode of Swotor Reforged is brought to you by Tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. You can choose from four styles and six colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off and free shipping and a lifetime warranty at tweakedaudio.com. Check them out. Okay. Um, our ad is in place. Our apologies are in place. <laughs> I think we've covered just about everything. Uh, Lou, why don't we start with you this week? Oh, alrighty then. Well, as I mentioned last week, I am slowly beginning to bring out a couple of my older characters that I've had since early access. You know, out from the dustbin. Dusting <laughs> the them off. Dusting them off. Especially my Imperial agent, who is an operative. And just, again, relearning uh, the skill set. And the style of play I had to adapt to use her. And running her through the uh, the dailies it is a good way. You know, it's nice practice. And same thing with my Sith Sorcerer. Uh, since she just turned 50 about a week and a half ago. Wow. You know, I've, yeah, I've been doing the story quests actually on each of the planets that have the dailies to unlock them. Before I can actually do them. But I've been playing so much on <laughs> my operative, my Marauder, that my uh, Sorcerer gets getting placed to the wayside. <laughs> Because <laughs> it just takes a while. <laughs> Sorcerer is ever is, clo- is inching ever closer to that dustbin. <laughs> no, not not to the dustbin, but but more. I, I really should make it a priority just to get her, just to get them all unlocked and her officially. That way, I now, I now have more fifties doing the dailies, <laughs> bringing more credit flow, more legacy XP to my uh, overall uh, legacy experience. Because now, yeah. Look- yeah, Lou, do you actually do the dailies on all your characters every day, or do you just alternate who you do them on? That's what I was wondering. I actually do them on all all uh, all the fifties. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, yeah, I mean, not like <laughs> not to come off like they're not exciting, but because I just you know I, I'm not going to say anything yet. But what I will say is to do anything every single day, four times a day. Eventually, it's not exciting. <laughs> I don't care if you know you're doing dailies or you know you're sleeping with Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe yeah, not Natalie Portman. Maybe I don't think. <laughs> Would that even be exciting the first time? <laughs> what? <laughs> but, Lou, but, Lou, continue. Fred and I are going to have a nerd fight. <laughs> 
Yes, it actually, after a while, by the third character, it does get a tad <laughs> tedious, I should say. And I find myself taking longer and longer breaks in between planets. <laughs> like, I'll get up, get a drink, maybe make a pot of coffee <laughs> before I head back to the next planet. <laughs> Sneak in, you know, a little snack there. <laughs> You know, maybe talking to my nephew for a couple of minutes. You're a resilient man. Let me tell you, you have the will of iron. <laughs> you really do. I, I mean, but it has paid off. Uh, I mean, my legacy level now is 33, almost 34. Oh, so. my God. That's awesome. What I'm wondering, though, Lou, is how long does it actually take you to do all the dailies on three characters? Let's see, roughly four hours. Learn on the four. Little breaks. You're, you're a brave, brave man. That's not bad, though. I mean, he he's he takes a lot of breaks too. Yes. So I mean, it's it's four hours from start to finish. But I mean, like to me, it sounds like it's really taking him like two hours worth of game time. Well, to be honest, I mean, the Marauder, you know, is just a pure DPS machine. So with the Hela character, I you know, my campaign with Quinn, mm-hmm. forget it. I, I I can destroy the Ilum. <laughs> Black Hole and Bill Savage deal is easy. He runs There's in no- there with his Marauder and picks up mobs. He's like, ah, yummy. Ah, nom, yeah, nom, it, nom. It takes longer on the healer characters because obviously, you know, <laughs> you're not DPSing. You're just keeping your tank character companion alive. <laughs> you know, after a while, that does get boring. <laughs> Even though I yeah. know, can, you know the tanks can take it, tank companions can take it. It's just like, heal. All right. Hot. All right, all right. It's dead. That's proof. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought about just doing all the dailies on both of my 50s, but I'm super lazy, so I just parked one on each planet, and I just do that planet on each dude so I don't have to travel anywhere. I just mail the credits where I need them to go. <laughs> well, go. I mean, the only reason why I'm doing the dailies so religiously is because, you know, I, I actually want the, the upgrades and the commendations. So I want to outfit all my 50s with all the... You know the armorings, the you know the barrels that they use range weapons, the mods, the enhancements. Uh, you know, so they get prepped and are able to start doing the hard modes. So, you know, I've only got one character that's ready so far, and, and so that's my Marauder. My my operative is halfway there. My sorcerer is brain spanking you, so she's got a long trip ahead of her. She's got a long haul. Yes. Considering it's 200 commendations, <laughs> usually, or 120 yeah. for the upgrades, so, yep. <laughs> Fred, what about you? What's What's gone on with you this week so far? Well, my main focus this week is still leveling up my Mary Allen Imperial Agent. And, first off, I got a really cool-looking gun off of a vendor on Alderaan that I just paid, like, 11,000 credits for. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even need the tokens. But this gun looks awesome. It's huge, and it was originally meant for a trooper, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as you can use it, dude. Yeah, I just switched all the mods out of it to make it cunning instead of aim. That thing's awesome. Okay. But I've mostly been playing with my girlfriend, you know, the one that didn't want her name mentioned, Paige. Not Paige? Yeah. Any other Not- name but Paige? Yeah. <laughs> now, this is Paige we're not talking about, right? Would Correct. Would it still smell like a rose or something? Her real yeah. name is Felicia. No, but Paige actually isn't even her real name. 
I know it's not. It's just the name <laughs> she told you because she knew you'd spread it across the internet. Well, but... <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but anyway, Paige and I were grouping up, Paige. and she was on her Sith Marauder. And I was on my Imperial Agent, obviously. And we queued for an instance. And originally, I did not want to queue as the healer because, you know, Lou knows how terrible operatives are at healing. <laughs> like, I, I run out of my resource quick. And that being the fact that, you know, I'm mostly specced into damaging abilities, I just have a few things in the healing tree at the bottom that improved my heals. So we're in the queue for like an hour, nothing pops up. So I'm like, you know, whatever, we're going to be leaving in probably like an hour. So I'm just going to click the little healer box and see if anything changes. About five minutes later, we get queued into the Mandalorian Raiders flashpoint. Oh, good luck with that one. Never done it before. So yeah. then we go through there. It's actually a good I'm, challenge. I'm healing. And we got a Sith warrior for a tank. You know, he's a juggernaut. And we everything goes fine up until we get to this point where we got to defeat the boarding party. <laughs> Do you guys know what I'm talking about here? Both yeah. of you have done this, yes. I assume? All right, mm -hmm. yeah. So we got to defeat this boarding party. Well, Sith Warrior just keeps getting flattened. Like, I cannot heal him <laughs> fast enough. And then we're dying. So I inspect him. And it turns out that Sith Warrior is wearing... All endurance and cricket armor. <laughs> so, but you know, I don't want to tell people how to play or anything. So no, we try can't. this about four times. We keep wiping. <laughs> it's not even close. Like this dude's just getting flattened. And no, I was I was using crowd control. We had a Sith sorcerer in the group that was crowd controlling something, and. My girlfriend on her Marauder and the Sith Juggernaut were trying to beat down one mob at a time, but something was always beating on me, no matter what mobs we crowd controlled. Yeah. So it finally got to a point where the, the sorcerer in our group rage quit. She left. Aww. And then we queued again, and another sorcerer joined the group. This one was, like, underleveled, like, just barely high enough level to be in the instance. And so was the tank, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it got to the point where we died about six times, and then I'm like, look, I have to get rid of this guy, or we need to leave because this isn't working. Yeah. So I did the vote kick thing, and I put in there, you know, this guy has terrible gear. It, it passed, like, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Then we're waiting in the queue, right? Right. <laughs> no hesitation. They're like, yeah, vote to kick, vote to kick. <laughs> about five minutes later, I start getting whispers from this guy. Oh, and he's God. like, Here it comes. why'd you kick me? I'm like, well, dude, it was nothing personal. It's just we want to finish this flashpoint, and you're suck. not really geared for this. Right. And he goes, you're a douchebag. Wow. And I was like. Well, you know, it wasn't well, he's just right, me that kicked you. But not in that he goes, he goes, it wasn't just me that kicked you. And then he starts, like, swearing at me. And I'm like, you know what? You're being too Evarwini to be my friend, so I put him on ignore. <laughs> True story. True story, huh? That's exactly how that went down. 
I'm You're being too Evarwin Yeah. So he left <laughs> by force. And then here's the amazing part of the story. We never got a tank. So my girlfriend on her Marauder switches into this Marauder stance that they take like 6% less damage or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I pulled out my ship robot. Nice. <laughs> the one that's geared, you know, right. mm-hmm. the healer robot. And you went DPS? No. I healed still. Oh, okay, so he augmented your heals. Yes, okay. yes. Well, he was supposed to. <laughs> so my girlfriend was tanking. And we got... It took us three attempts. But we were doing significantly better our first attempt after that warrior was gone so we kept trying and then on our very last attempt it got down to the point where everything was dead well two of them were dead and two of them were still alive and one of the ranged guys like ran up in my face and was shooting me with the gun he just had a little sliver of life left ship droid goes running over and just smacks him across the face and he falls down dead It's like the funniest thing I've ever seen. I love that. For, um, I was getting destroyed. Yeah. Lou and I were uh, were laughing uh, a couple of days ago. We were playing together, and he was uh, doing a lot of a lot of kills with with his. Uh, he'd hit people with the the butt of his gun on his trooper, and we were laughing about that. Yeah, because I always try to save that for the last move. If I know the enemy that target's just about dead, I always yeah. save that move for last. I love on that. purpose. <laughs> So your 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 droid just goes right out there, slaps him right across the face, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, slaps him and then proceeds to start healing me. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, you probably could have just healed me from the get-go. Right. And that probably would have been just as effective since I was taking damage like crazy. Because I think after a little while, they start dealing a significant amount of damage. Like an enrage, an enrage timer or something. Because... Okay. We were getting this message that they were being bolstered, and then we were starting to take super damage. But after three attempts, my girlfriend managed to successfully tank on a Marauder what the Juggernaut and Crit Gear could not. So we killed that group. We went on to the final boss and just steamrolled the last guy. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Very cool. Um... I finally hit 50. That's Yay! that's what I did. Yeah. I was excited. I started my character a long, long time ago in a, in a galaxy far, far away. And uh, nice. I've had, I've had this character since, since early access. Haven't hit 50 yet. And I finally hit 50 this week um, by just nothing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. So now, uh, now that you're 50, does that mean McKeb's coming out tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it seems. It seems like that, doesn't it? <laughs> seems like when we talk about certain things on this show, they make press releases the day after. <laughs> uh, no, nothing. Nothing big out of that one. I mean, I was questing on Corellia. You know, it, it took me a couple of days, and that was it. You know, I. I just. Finally blasted it out and got it done. I was so super excited. Huge, huge ovation from the Grievance guys. I got a, a really big congratulations out of them, and, and I was very grateful for that. Um, I 
almost maxed out my slicing as well. So I almost have 400 out of 400 with my slicing. And I've started the black hole dailies on Corellia, which I really like how that whole thing is set up. It's its own little instanced area off of Corellia. I mean, it's technically on Corellia, but it's away from like the rest of Corellia. Yep. So all you see is just like, you know, 50s running around doing those dailies. So I don't have to like go through the LFG system to find anybody. Not like that's not like it's a problem to do something like that, but I don't have to. It's great. It's just, you go in there. Um, chat room's congratulating me. Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, you just go in there. There's fifties, level 50 people, end game people everywhere. And they're all doing the same thing I'm doing. I mean, how, that was a great idea. I love that. <laughs> it's got its own heroic four plus in there. It's got, you know, a bunch of a bunch of other quests as well. I haven't gone into, you know, all of them yet, but I like when I walk into an area and you get that bonus quest for like killing, you know, 40 general mobs in the area. I like those. And I know this has that as well. Yep. The area quest. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I'm really enjoying that from what I've done so far. It's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so do you miss having a class story yet? No. No, I don't. Not at all. I don't like leveling. Not in any not in any MMO have I enjoyed leveling. Um, I hated it in Warcraft. I did not like it either in Rift. I, I think I hated it even more in Rift. What I do enjoy is once I'm at end game, I have the entire game open up to me. And I can just go anywhere, do what I want to do, and get that content either, you know, start working on that content or get that content done and get my reward. That's what I like. And I like that in the form of rating of, uh, you know, hard, you know, uh, advanced level uh, flashpoints. So I'm excited to, to get into hard modes to start that. I'm excited to start rating with the, uh, with the grievance guys. Really excited about doing that. And uh, next up for me, Datacrons. That's what I'm farming. I'm farming all my Datacrons. My next day off, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to farm up all my Datacrons and start my first hard mode and uh, work my way up to up to raiding. So, And uh, also, I started a Sith Inquisitor on Candorous Ordo. Very Since, nice. Yeah, I was excited about that. Once I once I hit 50, I unlocked the, uh, the Mira Luca race. So... I was like, oh, I, I got to do something with this now. So <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to try out the Inquisitor. It was one of the classes that I, I really started to enjoy as I was playing it, but I haven't really gotten it, you know, up that high. I never got it off of, you know, Korriban. So I wanted to try it. And, you know, I started up the Inquisitor, still on Korriban, but um, I, like, I, like, I like the feel of it, you know, it, just like the Consular. I really enjoy the feel of this. It's 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 a lot of damage. Well, it's on, I'm on Korriban. I really can't speak to the class yet, but um, I'm enjoying it so far, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what else it it has in store for me. <laughs> you should have remade Bruka as a Mirror Luca. Bruka the Mirror Luca. <laughs> yeah, so you can be a Mirror Luca with a gun. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Do you want to be the blind person in the army shooting at people? Uh, no, that's that's an interesting thought. <laughs> we're we're running a little a little long on this segment. All right, so let's let's head over the news. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, our listeners have been very patient with us. I know they want to get into the uh, the free to play stuff. So let's let's head into uh, the Galactic Gazette. Hello, what have we here? Okay, so here we are. This is the Galactic Gazette, our news segment and community news segment as well. Um, we got a lot to go into. So instead of instead of talking about the headlines and then after we're done with the headlines, get into the the Dark Council. We're just for this week. We're going to roll it all up into one because you know people are really passionate about this 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 free to play thing, and I know we are. And we got a lot of good things that we want to say about it, um, but we have to be factual first. So we're just going to be factual and then give us give you our our opinions as as we're talking about this. So, so uh, we got a, an extra large <laughs> galactic gazette. <laughs> um, so Lou, why don't you start us off with our our first our first headline? All right, our first headline. Well, here we go, folks. 31 July 2012, EA, Bioware, announced a free-to-play option for players this fall. Yay! Yay! That's right. You heard it correctly, and this is coming straight from their official announcement. Bioware, a label of Electronic Arts, announced today, which was last Tuesday, that it will be expanding the story-driven, massively multiplayer online game Star Wars The Old Republic by adding a new free-to-play option this fall. This option will give players access to each of the eight iconic Star Wars characters class storylines, all the way up to level 50 with certain restrictions. Unlimited game access, including new higher-level game content and new features, will be made available through individual purchases or through a subscription option. Now, this is a quote directly from Matthew Bron- uh, Bromberg, who is the GM of Viral Austin. And he says, quote, Players want flexibility and choice. The subscription-only model presented a major barrier for a lot of people who wanted to become a part of the Old Republic universe, end quote. So, starting this fall, there are going to be two different ways to play Star Wars The Old Republic. First will be the subscription plan. Now, this is a service designed for players who want unrestricted access to all the game features via ongoing subscriptions or by redeeming a game time card. Now, in addition to gaining access to all the game content, as our current subscribers do now, subscribers will receive ongoing monthly grants of cartel coins, which is the new virtual currency that will be introduced later this fall. Cartel coins can also be used to purchase valuable items including customizable gear and convenience features that will enhance the gameplay experience. And the second option, you guessed it, free-to-play. The first 50 levels will be free-to-play. Now, remember, folks, the current max is 1 to 50, so but with some restrictions on access to new content and advanced player features. Now, some restrictions can be unlocked with Cartel Coins. All right, let's 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 stop it right there. We have um, what those features are, okay, off of the Tor site. So let's let's be clear about what about what they're saying. Now, I'm going to run through this, this table with you that can be found at swotor.com. <laughs> can you guys hear that? <laughs> 
Apparently my, my cat's got a lot to say about this. Um, you can find, you can find this at swotor.com forward slash free forward slash features. All right. So this is basically about what, what the subscription versus the free players have access to. All right. So story content, players can play their full class stories from levels one to 50, both the sub and the free players get full access to that character creation choices. All right. You'll have full access as a, as a subscription player, but limited for the free to play guys. All right. Now they're not, they're not saying precisely what those limitations are. Okay. I'm going to take a wild guess from, from knowing what other free to play models look like of the races that they have now, you're probably going to have three quarters of those races. Um, or what they're going to do is they're going to finally release the Cathar, maybe another playable race as well before November. And you'll have access to the races that are out now. And then you'll have to buy the Cathar and like, you know, another, another race that they'll release. Uh, war zones, limited access for free to play players. Okay. Full access as well for, for subscription. Um, all of this is, all of this is going to be full access for subscription. So I'll just let you know what, what the, what the limited access is going to be for, for free to play. They're saying free to play members are going to have limited access to flashpoints, space missions. You will not have access to operations. Okay. Travel features. You'll have limited access to that as well. Okay. They're also itemizing that your game login will have priority access if you're a subscription player and then normal access if you're a free to play. I'm not exactly sure what that says or what that means. Cause they're saying here, subscription members will always be in login queues ahead of free players. That means that if a server's full, because we're going to have a lot more people coming in when we go free to play, mm -hmm. that a subscription paying person will jump ahead of any free to play players in the queue. Right. I understand what that means initially. My question, what I don't understand is how long, because eventually these free to play guys got to get into the server too. You know, so I mean, if everyone who's, who has a subscription automatically jumps ahead of the line, no matter what, I mean, um, that's going to mean that the free to play, play free to play guys are never going to get in. So I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering how that's, how that's going to work. Um, and the galactic trade network. If you, if you subscribe, you can have your full 50, uh, full 50 listings that you can post limited access again as well, uh, for, you know, for the free to play guys. Uh, the price for the game is going to be 1499 a month. And it, for, uh, unlimited access that we, we were talking about, uh, obviously the free to play guys, it's, it's free for them to play with, with all of those restrictions. So that's, that's basically what they're saying on their site. Um, all right, Lou, what's, what's the next step of this now that we got into, into all of that? Okay. Well, after that, uh, as of this fall, well, starting in August, actually, well, this month, mm -hmm. Swotor is going to go on sale for $14.99 U.S. dollars, and that's going to include a one-month free subscription. 
until the free-to-play model kicks in November. Okay. All right. Now, current and former players will also find additional benefits as part of this program. Bioware will be increasing the frequency of game content updates with the first of many new releases coming this month, August. Okay. In addition, current subscribers will receive cartel coin grants and qualify for access to special in-game items. Even former players who reactivate now will qualify for special benefits. And they've got a whole – well, not a whole, but a, a, a small list of what they have so far for us outlined. Okay. Uh, one of the big things is that, they're, again, the cartel coins, which is going to be a new in-game currency that the game will use mm-hmm. for the cash uh, – cash shop you know players who are subscribed now are going to receive uh, grants okay so whenever they subscribed if you subscribe like Yvonne and I have Fred and I have since December you know we're going to start getting the monthly grants starting from that day right and now I got I have those numbers for you as well so again on their site um, on on swotor.com forward slash free you can see this you can see this table as well. They're telling you that if you're subscribed, okay, you will get 150 cartel coins for each paid month prior to July 31st. So that that goes all the way back to what, Lou? December, I think. Yep. If you were early I'm, access day one, that was 13 December 2011. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're going to count December or prorate it, but I don't know. Additionally, if you got the collector's edition, it's an extra 1,000 cartel coins. Um, other features include a hero's banner, which if you received a collector's edition, all right, you'll, you'll get that hero's banner. Um, if you subscribe as of August 1st to the free-to-play option launch, excuse me, if subscribers as of August 1st to free-to-play option launch, Fans have a choice of an in-game item, so they'll they're going to give you an, an in-game an in-game item if you've subscribed anywhere between August first to when they launch for the free-to-play model in November. You'll have this this choice of an in-game item, and they haven't specified um, to what that's going to be, or have they? Yep, no, no, they haven't. In fact, there's a <laughs> can, you can vote on what this is going to be. Vote now on your fan favorite reward, all right? Which includes a hollow rancor statue, a carbonite hibernation capsule, or a party Jawa. <laughs> and you can vote on this on their website. So that that's kind of cool. I like this. Um. 200 cartel coins for each paid month from August 1st to free-to-play launch. So if you subscribe right now, you will get the choice of whatever wins this 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 you know giveaway or whatever they got this uh, this survey they got, which is either going to be the hollow Rancor statue, the carbonite hibernation capsule, or the party Jawa. You'll get your choice of one of those as an in-game item. Um, you'll get 200 cartel coins, and then all active players at launch of free-to-play get an additional 250 cartel coins. So that's, uh, to quote Dr. Dr. Mizurica, that's that's a lot of value. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet whichever two of the rewards don't win probably end up in the cash shop. 
Why not? Why not? I say throw them in there. I say throw them all in there. Throw them all in there. You know? Why not? Well, I mean, if you throw them all in there, it kind of makes this whole thing ridiculous, but... <laughs> Why not? It I'll seems, it seems it. like they've already made all three of them, so it'd be a waste not to use the other two somehow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, what would be wrong with that? I, I Look... For those of you who are not sure about this whole cash shop thing, because I know the question out there is, you know, is this going to be free to play or is this going to be pay to win? No one knows. No one knows if it's if it's going to be the pay to win model. All right, we know that there is a there's a lot of examples out there where games have released with this free to play. It eventually became that you know all the best items were on the marketplace and you had to buy them in order to get anywhere in the game, and that's the in quotes the pay to win thing. All right. A lot of games have gone that route and have suffered and they've gone back. I'm hoping that BioWare recognizes that. It seems to me like when they adopted the free-to-play model that they at least had enough sense to go that route at this stage. So I believe they're, they have enough sense to not go pay to win. So we'll, we'll see, of course. But I don't think it's going to be that way. All right. For those of you out there who aren't sure what this whole marketplace thing is, basically, in essence, it's it's going to be a, an in-game marketplace where you, you earn these cartel coins. If you're a subscriber, you're going to earn a certain amount every single month that you're subscribed. Um, or what you can do is you can pay real money to buying up a whole bunch of cartel coins in, in one transaction, and then you use those coins as marketplace currency to purchase items that are on the marketplace. Whether And, and other, other marketplaces include, you know, potions, stims in this game, um, vanity items, uh, you know, items that grant more experience for a certain amount of time. Some other games have, have, um, have it where you can get, you know, companions for a certain amount of time. Once you once you uh, activate them, so those are the kinds of things that are commonly shown in these marketplaces, and that's that's what you can sort of expect, at least conceptually, in in this marketplace. Um, all right, so Lou, I, I I cut you off to to give the information as to um, what those cartel coins are going to be. Can you pick up where you, where you where you left off? Or did no, I, I just go too long? Yeah, you should work right in there because actually that's what essentially what the cartel coins will be used for. Again, you're going to have access to that in-game shop where you will be spending real money, if you wish, to buy this new virtual currency to then redeem for online items. All right, guys. So we got a, we got a couple of questions here that, that Lou's got uh, written up, but there's there's this other thing that that I want to address real quick. And that is, that is the idea that there's going to be an influx of people coming into this game. As soon as this thing goes free to play, I am, I am willing to bet my life that when this thing goes free to play, we are going to get a ton of people playing this game. And a lot of those people are eventually going to turn themselves into subscribers or just flat out end game raiders. Um, when we hit end game, we want to raid for the most part. A lot of us want to do that. And I think that once people actually start playing this game and get introduced to it, 
they're going to want to do that. Now, a couple of my own personal friends that don't play this game, once they heard this thing was going free to play, first of all, they laughed at me. <laughs> and they're like, ha, 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 it's not even a year out, and it's free to play, ha, ha, ha. And then I said, yeah, but now you get to play that game for free and, and actually check it out. And then they said, yeah, I'll probably play it. <laughs> so you hear a lot of doom and gloom. You hear a lot of naysayers out there. You hear a lot of people that are all of a sudden vindicated um, saying, oh, I knew that game was going to fail from the start. But you better, you better bet, you better bet, okay, that those are the same people that once this thing goes free to play, they're actually going to play it. I can guarantee you it's going to happen. So I just wanted to get that out and just say it right here, right now, that a lot of these people that are being negative and are in your face laughing at you because you're playing a game that went free to play, you know, before it was even uh, out for a year, I guarantee you a lot of those people are actually going to start playing this game. Okay. So Lou, what's, what's the first question you got here? And then, and then we'll have, we'll have Fred, we'll have Fred answer this. All right, our first question is this. In your opinion, and again, I stress this for everyone in the room, chat room, everywhere listening. In your opinion, was this a good long-term business move for EA and BioWare? So go yes. ahead, Fred. What, what do you think? Yes, it should have happened sooner. I think at launch they should have had a free-to-play model in place. Yeah, But I think originally it should have started off like the Guild Wars model where you actually have to buy the box and then as time went on, reduce the price until you could eventually get the game for free. I, I think people are, see this as the final nail in the coffin for general subscription MMOs. I've, I've seen that around on the internet. Um, I think I think Tor kind of represented the last the last holdout, you know, of a of a of a triple A MMO starting out with just a subscription based subscription based plan and that's it, no free to play option. I'm willing to bet that the Zenimax Studios online, okay, is looking at this example and there if there was ever a question as to should we go sub only or sub with some sort of free-to-play model, I bet you right now that question has been answered for them. And if they haven't already started developing a free-to-play model with their game, I bet you they're doing it right now. Lou, what do you think about this? I'm with Fred. If EA and Bioware had this thought in the beginning, way back when, before the game even launched, then they should have launched it with both models in place. Because, uh, again, this is part of the reason why there's so much hate and anger on the boards. I should say that the tour forums because, uh, again, this is feeding the fuel for the fire for the trolls, the, you know, the naysayers and the haters. Okay, And if they really were thinking about this, they really should have done it from the get-go. Okay, If you had it, everything in place already, why, why didn't you do it? I think the answer to that is obvious. I think they said uh, this MMO thing is is really popular. Um, you know, World of Warcraft has been doing it. You know, we're LucasArts, we're Bioware, we're EA. This is Star Wars. You know, this is the IP. We can't fail. So yeah, we're going sub, and we're dumping a lot of money into it. 
because we can't fail. I think that's exactly why they didn't start with a free-to-play model. Yeah, because there's never been another Star Wars MMO that didn't do great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't EA and BioWare. Now, was it? Oh, well, oh. EA is... See, this is... A lot of people say that this is like the last nail in the coffin for subscription MMOs. What I hope this is, is the last nail in the coffin for EA pushing out another MMO before it's ready to be pushed out. EA has killed MMOs because they put them out before they're ready to be released. If Bioware would have been able to finish this game and have it to the point where it is right now at launch, I don't think we'd be having this conversation right now. Well, number one, you're 100% correct. And number two, that's that's a dead horse that's been beaten to the point of just, you know, bone and gristle. I mean, you're 100% right, but, I mean, we've had this conversation, I don't know how many times on this show. <laughs> well, we've had all you know. these conversations a million times. Yeah. Because the news for this game is just going in a circle. Look Look how long everybody's been talking about how this game needed to go free-to-play before it actually happened. The customers knew it needed to happen long before they were willing to come out and say that it was going to happen. Which is just leaving people to speculate. And the longer they took to make this announcement, the more people stewed on their disbelief and the naysayers were like, Aha! See, I told you it's dying. They waited until the subscriptions dropped this low to do it. Well, look, every dog has his day. And um, that's why I'm excited about this game going free-to-play. Because... It's going to explode, just like just like DC Universe Online did. the the the, peop, the amount of, of of elitist of I'm really watching my language here. The amount of elitist jerks that were just throwing the hate at that game for absolutely no reason was unbelievable. And to the point where when it went free to play, they were cheering, "Oh yay! Finally, it's you know we we're finally like we're right." We knew that game was horrible, and now they have to go free-to-play, so now it's a dead game. Well, guess what? They increased by, what, like 700% or something like that? I think one of the one of the podcasts this week said something like that. 700%? Who's, where's the joke now? Where's the laughter now? And they're releasing content. <laughs> you know, I, so I hope that happens, because then we're finally going to be able to say, guess what? All right, you you judge the game before you put your fingers in it, okay? Now you're in the game. It's an awesome game. Who's laughing now? All right, number 2. Do you think this will affect the server com- communities in terms of faction population, class saturation, and galactic trade network? Go ahead, Lou, start this one off. Well, I sincerely hope now that we have the set number of servers we have at present with the United States, well, North America, Europe, and Asia-Pacific servers. Okay, that's something that may rear its ugly head again. Because those who may not be familiar or may not remember, you know, before the server merges happened, all right, there are some servers where the population, the faction population is so bad, okay, it was just a futile attempt if you wanted to engage in PvP. All right, and so I hope that something will be in place, or if anything, you know, if all these players are coming in, I don't think there's anything they can do at this point. 
um, and with the limitations they have in place where if they want to engage in PvP, it's going to be limited, it's really limited. But again, I, I believe it's going to be – they can unlock and increase their access to the war zones okay, uh, by buying cartel coins. I don't know. That, that that could be a mixed bag. We'll see how it works. Um, class saturation. Hey, <laughs> everyone says that. Everyone who ever played, they're always going to say there are too many paladins running around, too many assassins running around, too many. It, folks, it's nothing new. If <laughs> you're saying that now in this game, all right, the games came out last year. Too many mages. Years before that, too many knights. What have you? It's going to happen. If you are sick and tired, especially for you know, I call them bitter Star Wars Galaxy players. Too many people <laughs> swinging a gold bat around. Get over it. It's the old Republic. Okay? The Sith and Jedi in their heyday. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. They're here. We're not, in the, we're not in the era of galaxies where it's, oh my god, oh, if you just, no. Old Republic. Okay. All right. Galactic Trade Network, we'll see how that goes too. My fear with that, the GTN is Bioware has done a great job of keeping the gold sellers, credit sellers, out of this game. They stomped them down hard. We're to, I think they're almost non-existent now. And I, I guess one of the fears they're going to have, I have personally, is when you open up a free-to-play model like this, obviously you increase your subscriber base, but then you're also going to allow these companies that do this for a living, you're going to give them now an in to actually now put their players back in there Okay, to start doing this business again. So, not necessarily because they said on the forums that there's going to be a currency cap for free to play accounts. Yes, but we'll see how again that, that that turns out. Because remember, these players will also have the the ability to unlock these limitations with cartel coins. And if they haven't specified yet as to what the the caps are and what they have access to when they buy or invest in the cartel coins. Uh, again, we'll see how that goes. Still too early to tell. Right. Yeah. A lot of a lot of this. I mean, they just made the announcement. And it's coming out in November, so a lot of this is still too early to tell. You know, if this is going to be, you know, great from the outset, or if it's if it's going to have its own issues. Um. All right, Fred. What's your take on this? And let's move this from: Do you think this will affect the server communities? To how do you think this is going to affect the server communities in terms of faction, class saturation, and the GTN? Well, well, first off, class saturation is a moot point because really you only have four classes per faction. All right, but I mean, so, do you think that that when when the masses come to this game in droves, um, that they're going to we're going to see you know a much higher population of tanks or healers? Or DPS and all of their various uh, abilities, uh, iterations rather. Or do you think just more people are gonna? We're just gonna see a huge spike in DPS versus the you know the other roles. Well, basically, I think this is gonna be viewed similar to a relaunch. It's gonna be basically the same thing that happened at launch happening again. You're gonna get a whole bunch of new players that never touched the game before. Mm-hmm. They're going to come in and make a bunch of Sith Warriors and Jedi Knights like they did at launch. Because yeah. those are the two stories that they want to see first. I kind of agree on that. Um, faction population. How do you think this is going to affect the faction population? 
Well, things are going to go back to how they should be. You know, there's going to be a ton of Empire people, and the Republic's going to be next to nothing again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but that's only going to happen temporarily until the people that are coming to the game for the first time level up their Imperial characters and unlock their legacy and then start making the Imperial races on the Republic side. Do you think... Do you think with increased amount of people, do you think the the stuff on the GTN is going to drop in price? Now, keep in mind that the people who subscribe, they're going to have their the fifty the ability to to post fifty items, but it's going to be limited for the free to play guys, and they haven't specified what that limitation is going to be. So, do you think there's going to be a huge change on the GTN? As far as prices are concerned, because there's more items, thus dropping those prices? Or do you think it's going to be relative to what we've got right now? One thing I've learned from playing different games, usually it varies from server to server, how the auction house slash GTN does. You you could have a server where people barely ever use the thing, and then anything that's on there is super expensive. And you could have another server where it's part of the server culture where everybody's posting trash items on there and everything's super cheap. It's going to be a server-by-server basis. Now, my mainstead is when this free-to-play thing happens, either they're going to have to figure out how to have their mega server technology in place or they're going to have to reopen some more servers because we're going to get hit hard with new players coming in. They're gonna have to yeah. unlock a couple of the locked ones. I, I think I think that's um, I think that's definitely something that's gonna have to be taken into account for without a doubt. I'm just wondering if we're gonna see the kind of influx that DC Universe Online had, which was ridiculous. I, I mean, uh, they oh, they opened up like a ridiculous amount of servers that that first month in October. When they went free to play, and I think it, the the amount of servers that they had, um, like more than doubled, something crazy like that. All and right. I have a hope for the overall community of the game at large uh-huh. is that when this free to play thing happens, you get people coming in here that for one reason or another they didn't try the game before, they fall in love with the game, they really like it, and then we start to see some of these podcasts that have jaded hosts that can't let go of the fact that the game's going free to play fall by the wayside and we start to see some new podcasts emerging with some fresh perspectives that actually like the game that they're podcasting about because i think that would be good for the game as a whole if every podcast out there had hosts that actually enjoyed playing the game and played it regularly or just played it in general. Yeah. And when the, they logged in, it wasn't for five minutes just so they could complain about what hasn't been there. Yeah. I'm, I'm just sick of listening to people complain on podcasts, and I'm hoping when more people can get in, they'll actually start to put some new podcasts out. I, I don't know how. I mean, not to get on, on this thing because we, you know, we beat this in the beginning of the show. But I, I don't know how some of the some of the listeners out there deal with these these guys. I, I mean, this last week, I've heard just the most ridiculous, over negative thing about this game going free to play. 
I, I mean, I really had to, just for the sake of doing this show, I had to listen to a lot of it just to get it all the way through to make sure, like, you know, it didn't get better toward the end or, you know, they didn't say, you know, something that was, like, you know, really detrimental as far as information is concerned, or I should say important because I'm using that, that word wrong. Really important information at the end of the show. Like, I, I, I got through all of them. And I, I was just completely furious with, with one or two of these shows. By the end of it, I'm thinking to myself, like, what? what are people listening to? Like, what are you subjecting your, these listeners to? Why, why as a, as a tour fan, would I want to listen to you whine and bitch and moan and complain about oh, the games going free to play? And like, number one, get over yourself. It's a video game. Okay. Even what well, well, you have to bear in mind with most of these people that are putting out shows like that, They've been around this game for so long, and they've actually been to the studio. They've met the people that were making the game at one point. They've known some of these people on a personal level that have lost their jobs and everything. And they just can't look at the game for what the game is and enjoy it. They have to be jaded and complain about everything. I I, I don't care about that, okay? As far as I'm concerned, okay, we handle a lot of what's going on with Bethesda a lot differently than the way these people are handling what's going on with Star Wars the Old Republic okay and we have had discussions with people from Bethesda regarding the Elder Scrolls Online and Skyrim we've had discussions with these people okay I gotta stop my speech right there because other things other relationships with these uh, with Bethesda and, and, and uh, Zenimax Studio um, may develop, but the fact is, is you know we've been there and done that with with Skyrim and ESO. We still have wonderful relationships with these people. They've made mistakes. We've reported on them. We've stood up. We've stood up for fans in the face of those mistakes, and we can still report accurately and positively, which is appropriate. On, on these games, why can't they do that? And it's just, and I, I really, I don't want this to become like, and I fear it's, it's already become that. I don't want to just, you know, hate on the other shows. And I'm really, 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 really sorry that I might be doing that just in a different conversation. I really, I'm sorry. It's just, I, I really, I really feel for some, for some uh, fans of this game who, who listen to other shows and have just got nothing but vitriol. I really am very sorry for that, and I'm sorry for. I guess adding fuel to the fire myself. Um, all right, let's 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 get on to the last question, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the community reaction. Um, what what additional limitations do you feel should be in place to differentiate between the subscription accounts and the free to play accounts, especially in game? And I'll I'll hand this one over to Lou. Well, uh, this is referring back to the original list we posted earlier as to what's being loaded now with uh, the free to play and the subscription model again bear in mind this is all speculation because they have not released concrete uh, facts all they said is limited access limited access limited access which can hmm. mean lots of things and can be interpreted in many different ways yeah okay for example we know they're going to be limited for the GTN the Black Trade Network they're going to be limited and the credit cap that they're allowed to have uh, but again let's remember uh the caveat there is that they could probably be allowed to unlock these limitations 
with the cartel coin shop. All right. Now, there have been some suggestions posted on the forums, the official tour forums, saying, that, all right, to keep them separate from subscription models, okay, let's give them their own forums. Because as it is now, you have to be a subscribed member in order to access the official forums. To be able to po- well, to actually be able to post, send people messages, reply, and stuff like that. Now, one suggestion which was brought up was, you know what, give the free-to-play players their own forum where anyone there can post, even the subscribed players, okay? But deny them access to the official, or to the, the paid subscription forums. Okay. I don't know if I'd be into that, to be honest. You know, if, if you're going to make the game free-to-play... You're going to bring a lot of people into this game. I'm going to want to interact with those people. You know what I mean? Well, again, like I said, subscription models, players, subscription players, you can access the free-to-play forum. Mm-hmm. They just can't access the, the page for forum. Okay. All right. They're trying to... The, the analogy here is like, you know, it's, it's, it's like a separate service. Like it's, it's kind of like, well, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with an analogy right now. Uh, between flying first class and... and coach okay you're, you're both in the same plane you're both riding but sure yourself I bought a coach ticket I am not entitled to that first class meal yeah I'm gonna get there's fed, a lot of but I'm not entitled to the first class meal there's a lot of free-to-play games that if you're a free-to-play player and you try to like access the petition system they won't help you unless it's a character issue like you're stuck and cannot play that character they won't do any item reimbursements or anything because you know, they don't want to pay man hours for somebody they're not making any money on. And well, it's the same with the forums. They don't want to give them access because then you'll get people making a free account to troll, and then they right. got to pay moderators. Yeah, that, that that's the biggest concern there. It's like, keep the trolls and the haters, you know, if they don't want to play anymore, fine. You don't want to pay? Fine. Just don't access the forums anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's... I think that kind of differentiation is is necessary because you want to you want to put your man hours and your brain power into into the people who are who are paying the game paying for the game. That's that's completely appropriate. I mean, I, I think it, it's only an ignorant person that would have a uh, an issue with a policy like that in place. You know, a person who has who who pays for the game fifteen dollars every single month should receive priority regarding some of that stuff. Than some someone who who just goes in and plays the game for free. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I haven't, just... I haven't seen Swotor say anything about they're not going to answer tickets from free players yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went that route because they've been trying to cut back on man hours too. Well, jobs, well, I mean. The only the only thing that that I wouldn't really think is a, is appropriate as far as business is concerned and how this game should be should be operated is the chat in-game chat options i'm i'm going to want to interact with people that are that are free to play players i want to interact with them because they're part of the community as a whole so i wouldn't want that segregation in the game on that level as far as customer service is concerned and and you know bioware's resources that i think is appropriate look if you want if you want the level of of customer service 
you got to pay. I mean, it's 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 a service, and you pay for services. You pay you pay a person for their work and their hard their hard work and their labor. And that's certainly hard work and labor is a customer service. So you should you should pay for that. And uh, believe me, I will continue my subscription loyally and faithfully as I have since since early access, and that is not going to change. Um, Fred, what say you on on this topic? What additional limitations do you feel should be in place between well, subs and free-to-play? I kind of shared it with you guys off-air before, but I really think that they should implement the Gungan race, and that should be the only race that free-to-play players can play. And Body <laughs> Type 4 should be the only one unlocked. <laughs> I agree with should you. Be, yeah. that's What better incentive could you give people to subscribe? Yeah. What do you think about a Gungan race? Do you... Honestly, like, do you really think, like, a Gungan race would be cool? I would pay $5 more a month to not see them in my game. (laughs) (laughs) Misha, Annie! Yeah, yeah, I probably would as well. All right, guys. Let's let's start getting into the community reaction to this. Let's let's get through this uh, somewhat quickly because we've been we've been going kind of long in this segment, and um, I guess I guess we've been okay though. I mean, it's two segments rolled into one, right? Um, uh, Fred, do you have anything else? Like any, anything else other than your your uh, snide Gungan remark, or like anything serious? Not really, because I'm really? I play a couple of games as free to play, like Lord of the Rings Online. Right. I play that game. I've never been a subscriber. Never That's will be. Yeah. But I enjoy playing as a free-to-play player. I've probably sank a couple hundred bucks into that game, unlocking various things over the course of time. And for everything that I do, I barely have any restrictions on me. So I'm not a big fan of having restrictions that you can't eventually lift. And I don't think that they should limit things like in-game chat and stuff because... You know, if they're coming in, let them be part of the community. That's why we have an ignore list. That's very true. I agree. All right, and um, I'm I'm glad you said that because that kind of brings the the community reaction to this um, very well into the topic that we're talking about right now. And and uh, one of the things that one of the topics that's been voiced on the forums has been. The community saying, you know, I don't want a, a whole bunch of, you know, prepubescent uh, jerks uh, screaming in, in my game while I'm trying to play. Um, we have some semi-direct quotes <laughs> about that. So let's let's start getting into this whole thing, the community reaction. All right. Because once once free to play was was stated, um, everyone went crazy. Twitter went crazy. Everyone went nuts. Oh, no, 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 no. It's great. It sucks. It's great. It sucks. And then, and then the podcasts start coming out. Um, Scott did a show, I think that night, which was uh, very, very factual, and I definitely appreciated you know his comments. Um, the other shows as well came out came out during the week, but as the facts started fleshing themselves out, the community started to become angry and negative at least on the forums anyway um 
and I don't know if it's they're the loud majority or the loud minority, but certainly they were loud. And they're not necessarily angry about all of these details that we've gotten into, and they're not necessarily angry about, you know, the features. They're just angry that, oh, it's free to play. Oh, what does this mean? And, oh, I knew this game would suck. And, oh, I knew this game was going to die. And I could I could tell that before the game even was released. And just a lot of just hate and vitriol and just anger just started exploding everywhere on the forums. And then it started to just kind of, like, settle down a little bit. Um, so... Lou, what what do we have here as far as a community reaction? What what do you got? What have you seen on the forums? Well, the very first day, once I found out it was announced, mm-hmm. okay, I had gone to I went to the forums and started looking, and there were quite a few posts out there already. Okay, a couple of threads were started, and it was an initial outburst. I call it an initial outburst of just rage and disappointment. Yeah. Okay. At this future development of the game. Yeah, and it okay. definitely was that. It was an initial outburst of of just disappointment. Okay. Yeah, and, and there there were some doom and gloom posts. All right, that indicated that. Uh, all right, it just it finally validated that player or these players' belief that the game was finally done for. Okay, that it was sinking. All right, and, and you know this is just another or the the final nail in the coffin for. Star Wars The Republic. All right. okay. And there were, again, a lot of rumors flying around, a lot of players just speculating about the financial solvency of the game versus EA and the show Herald's views about uh, the health of Tor, the future. Okay. So, uh, you know, again, there was a lot of confusion. Okay. Obviously, EA and Bioware weren't releasing very... You know, a lot of details. All he said was, all he did was give the announcement that it was going to happen. Okay, right. and with that to go on, people were just, you know, I, I guess the initial knee jerk reaction to the news. So yeah, that's what I that's what I observed that first day. Okay. And, well, they. I mean, I see also that that um, you want to bring up that even EA's. EA and BioWare's initial reaction during their their earnings call wasn't all that rosy either, correct? Yes. Um, this is taken – someone actually posted a link to the actual call itself that EA had with its shareholders. All right. And I'm trying to find that link because even they – EA admitted all right, to, the, you know, to their shareholders that they considered Tor a miss. And again, that's what drove a lot of players, uh, fueled, I should say, their anger and their disappointment. Was the fact that now you have the parent company, you know, you know that holds Bioware's leash, telling them in the show as well, we don't think the game is success. All right. What we have. Okay. What we have here is is this. This notion that used to be true, okay? When a game went free to play, that means it it sucked, and it it means that it just it, it wasn't worth playing anymore, and and they weren't going to support the game, and and um, it it's just not true anymore. This this stigma of if a game is free to play, it must not be good, 
that stigma is not true. And the reason why it's not true is because gamers don't want to play a game they have to subscribe to every single month. I didn't want to do it when I first subbed up to World of Warcraft, but I wanted to play with my friends Alan and Mike. So I subbed up to the game. Okay? This is, look, we're getting older. We're buying houses. We're buying cars. The economy stinks. Okay, we've got we've got an Xbox 360, we've got a PS3, we've got a PC, we've got to upgrade the PC. Okay, this is an expensive hobby. You have to buy the box that comes with the software. You got to buy the DLC that comes with you know Microsoft points. You got to spend extra money on, and then there's you know credit cards get involved, and it, it's just enough already. It's a, it's maddening. It's complete madness at this point. No one wants to sit down in front of a game and spend 12 hours of their God-given life every single day and then pay $15 to get fat, grow pimples, and then die. No one wants to do that. Okay? Well, that was my life dream for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but the fact of the matter is that this, this 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 subscription thing... Okay, it's just it's just not viable anymore. So it doesn't mean that the game is bad. It just means that the business model is bad. That's what this is indicative of. It's not indicative of of the game. And I think the stigma is just of a free to play game just being a bad game and having that be, you know, synonymous with each other. It's just not true to say anymore. It used to be. It's not anymore. And I think the more we just get that message out, the better off, you know, the gaming industry will be as a whole, and I think Tor will be as a whole. You know, Ivor, when I originally believed that stigma when I first heard about Lord of the Rings Online, because I didn't hear about the game until after it was free to play, because I was a long-time EverQuest player. And, you know, EverQuest, you know, eventually they ended up going free to play, but at the time... You know, they were all about, you know, you pay your $15 a month, and that's that. There wasn't a cash up for years. It was just you pay $15 a month, that's that. If you want to play, you pay us that. Well, then when I found out about Lotro, I went over there and I tried it. And it turns out I'm actually a big fan of the free-to-play system because if Turbine wants my money, they have to work for it. They have to make content if they want me to buy it. And, you know, right now with Star Wars, they're getting my $15 a month no matter what because that's the only option that I have. But I don't have to pay them if I don't want to. I could drop down to a free player when this is an option. And if I did that, you know, provided this works like other games like, you know, Lotro, then they would have to make new content if they wanted me to buy it. So the free-to-play system can actually work in the favor of the players where you're actually making the developers do more work to earn money. Because I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people that come in, even if they're paying more up front, they're going to come in, they're going to be free-to-play players, they're never going to pay a subscription, and they're going to buy piecemeal everything that they can get, and then they're going to wait for new content to come out, and they're going to buy that too. So every time they make new content, they're going to buy it. I do that with Lotro right now. I ha- I haven't played that game in months, but when new content comes out, I buy it with my turbine points. 
That's why okay. I think that this free-to-play thing is, is going to succeed much more so than I think even Bioware and EA are expecting. I mean, EA's idiots. I don't even want to hear from them. Every time they say anything about this game, it's like, you know, they, they're just sorry they even brought it out. All right. EA has no experience with free-to-play, and as soon as this game goes free-to-play, it's going to start making them more money than they ever projected it making. Right, which is why when I, I re-listened to last week's episode about that Forbes magazine, I wanted to you know, just, just laugh at that guy because he has no idea what he's talking about. They really needed the subscription model to, to work for them. Shut up. Do <laughs> you have any idea how much money is in free-to-play? <laughs> I have literally spent, and I'm like embarrassed. I'm really embarrassed about this. <laughs> I, I have spent more money in EverQuest 2, which is a game I only recently subscribed to. Okay, in in the in the five days I was using it as free to play, I spent more money on that than I had in two months of subscription for Star Wars. That's why I went subscription on EverQuest 2. Because it's a game I'm going to play, I really enjoy it, and it's cheaper for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just like me with Lotro, it's hard to explain, but I liked the idea of not having to pay them $15 a month. And when I looked in their store, I could buy all the quest packs and everything. I think when it was all said and done, by the time I had everything, I paid them like $200. But they're not taking $15 a month from me. And if they want more of my money, they have to do more work to get it. All right. Um, Lou, before I rudely interrupted with my ridiculous rant, um, please please continue. The, the, the additional fallout from, from community as well. All right. Um... Again, another item on the log to the fire, so to speak, is when EA reported their player population was under a million, but above 500,000. So they gave no concrete number, but they did give their investors a number. <laughs> so again, that being an ambiguous number, again, that gave fuel to the, the naysayers and the haters. Okay. So, because, you know, EA won't flat out say this is exactly what we've got. <laughs> Right. Well, I don't. I don't blame them, to be honest. Right. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, if it was again, this is a, a I believe a public call, so that other people listening in or watching it or whatever they're doing. But you know, I guess if you're an actual investor, you know, you would have a concrete number. Yeah. Because I know if I was an investor, I would tell EA, all right, if you're not going to mention it on the air or whatever, show me here. Here's a piece of paper. Write it down right now. Which they so, would have to do. <laughs> so what, what's what been like some of the primary concerns here discussed on the forums? All right. The biggest fear, okay, is no getting around it, which is the – I think is the focus for a lot of the hatred for the free-to-play model, okay, is the fear we all know and heard it before. Free-to-play will degenerate into pay-to-win. All right. And a lot of posters in the forums were just – Relaying their own personal experiences of the various freemium, free-to-play, pay-to-play games over the years, you know, to contest the argument for both pro and con. All right, and they were throwing out a lot of examples out there. Again, which Fred mentioned, everyone mentioned Lord of the Rings Online, Dungeons and Dragons Online, Age of Conan, EverQuest 2, as well as a host of actual free-to-play games from Asia like Alex Online, Silk Road, Runes of Magic, etc. 
Okay. Right. I've never raided in Lotro or DDO, but I, I do play it on a free-to-play basis. I've never had to go to their marketplace to buy anything in order to get through the content. I haven't had to do it yet. So how deep is this, is this pay to win thing in, in, uh, in Lotro and, and, and these other games? Like well, I know EverQuest two is up on that, on that list as well. Uh, for Lotro, one example is you can buy resurrection in a, uh, during a raid. So if you're, all your heroes are out of in battle reses, you can pay to get past the limitation. It's not available to you to quest or to scroll. No, you can actually bypass your class limitations by buying that direct item from the store. So if you've got battle reses that are on a five-minute cooldown, doesn't matter because you can buy three of those things and boom, your raid is up and running again. All right, but isn't that also available to those who do subscribe? No, it is not. So you can't just buy no, that on the marketplace? It, you have to buy You cannot bypass that class limitation. You bypass it by going to the store, turbine store, and buying that item. Right, yeah, but, but subscribers get free turbine points every month. Yeah, but right. wouldn't subscribers be able to use turbine points to their store and get the same item? Right, if they haven't spent them already, or it, depending okay. on how much they cost. Because something like that, if you're a raider, that would cost a lot. I would make sure, if I was turbine, oh my god, I make them, I charge that for a lot. All right. See now, but, for me, hold, I'm, I'm I'm sorry for hold on one second. For me, that's not an issue, because you're not forcing people to to pay anything in order to get that. If you if you really feel morally conflicted about getting that particular, you know, uh, and I know this is very case specific, Lou, and and I hate to like you know call it out, but um, you know, I if you're that morally conflicted, just don't buy it. Uh, you were, you were saying something, Fred. Well, first I was going to say that I find it very hard to believe that there aren't raid groups in Lotro that do those encounters without having paid consumables from the store. And second, that wouldn't really apply in Swotor anyway since the free players don't have access to operations. Correct. But again, you're bypassing a class game slash limitation directly by allowing players to do that so that that's one of the fears they have that players have you know i'd be great you know you know my imperial agent has what revivification what if i could use that more than once during an operation bypassing the cooldown it has nothing i can get from my trainer nothing i can learn from a quest only available for cartel coins You know, I think that I think that's what the argument is leading towards, because again, you're you're literally bypassing the in-game, the game, the coding for how this operation is supposed to work by saying, "Well, you know, you can just do this. You don't have to worry about that again." As long as the game developer doesn't make it required, where my raid group needs to have this in order to succeed and beat the raid, I don't care. As long but as it's balanced, where you don't need it, yeah. That's fine. If they if they want to put stuff in there where, you know, it's a moral choice. If somebody wants to buy that to help them out, more power to them. 
but they better not make it a requirement for me to have it. I kind of I kind of agree with Fred on this one. I definitely agree with Fred on this one. Um, I, I think you can expect those types of items to be on oh. the marketplace. Did you almost choke saying that? <laughs> huh? I definitely agree with Fred on this. <laughs> First you're like, I kind of, no, I definitely agree with Fred. Well, yeah, because then I, I, I realized how, how passionate I, I feel about, about exactly what you were saying. And I, I completely agree. Um, you know, the fact is, is if you don't like it, don't buy it. Now, what I disagree with is items on the store that, for example, like, um, you know, armor and, uh, and weapons that are much more powerful that'll ever drop in game that you can only buy through the store that I disagree with that. I don't like now for star Wars specifically, I don't want to ever see armor or weapons in the store that aren't orange and have no mods in them. Okay. I, I think that they should just sell custom looks in SWOTOR and they can make a killing doing that. Yeah, just like, you know, um, vanity stuff. Right. I'll they tell you right now, if they, <laughs> if they put like a full Darth Vader costume yeah. in that store, yeah. I'm buying it. <laughs> lose lose right. Put in a customized appearance tab and sell vanity items out of that marketplace. You'll get your money, Bioware. Oh, right. they'd make a killing with that because there's so many looks <laughs> in the Star Wars universe they could put yeah. right now. It, it, it'd be insane. Yeah, just Ooh. don't put in that one uh, Sith warrior set that looks terrible. No one will buy that. <laughs> Lou, let's uh, let's let's keep let's keep trudging forward with some of this. Okay. Okay. Again, we alluded to it before. Uh, one another concern was the, the composition of the community going forward. All right, some people have, they're fearing the influx of the immature teens, the preteens, <laughs> you know, the rude, boorish players, some other free-to-play games that, you know, they're going to see Soulja as an opportunity to go in there and, yes, play the game, but again, air out their, their well, their asinine antics. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. Baron's chat. <laughs> oh, can I take this one? Please, go ahead. Go ahead, Fred. What do you got on this? Well, here's my thoughts. Like I've been citing Lotro, you know, I go there and I play that as a free-to-play player. I'm no more or less a jerk than I am now. And you you know I am a jerk. But it doesn't increase or decrease based on whether or not I'm playing. And so I welcome the opportunity for somebody that plays Lotro full-time to come to Star Wars and play that for free. You know, it doesn't change. You know, some of us are subscribers to certain games and free to play on others. It's just more gamers. Yeah, I kind of think that it doesn't really matter if the game is free or if the game, if you have to pay for the game. All right, parents are going to pay for their kids to play a game. Uh, you know, that's it, just that's just that. Um, look at World I of Warcraft. Do. World of Warcraft is is the the largest and most successful MMO, and that's where this this idea comes from. There's a lot of kids that play that game, but it's not because a lot of, it's not because it's a free game or a sub game that kids play the game. It's just because it's a big game. It's a game that a lot of people play. So there, naturally, there's going to be a lot of kids playing it, as well as a lot of adults. If this becomes a game that's that 
a lot of people start playing, yes, you're going to get that influx. But you're going to get it from both sides of the coin. You're going to get a lot of good people and you're going to get a lot of jerks. And, you know, you have to have some sense about you in order to to weed through that. You know, not everyone can can get invited into your guild. Weed them out with your guild. Stick to your guild if, if, if it becomes really an issue. There's an ignore button. Use it. Exactly. So and, so and then BioWare can monetize by adding a thing to the shop where you can pay for more ignore slots. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. If anything, <laughs> they better make the ignore list unlimited. I will not accept anything less than that. Side by MMOs, the ignore list is 50 characters long. 500 <laughs> cartel coins for another 10 people. Oh, don't even say it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Lou, what do you got on this one? What do you what do you have to say about the uh, the the pollution of the the uh, Swotor population? <laughs> My thing is, this is going to be an edit point. There are everywhere. It doesn't matter if Whoa. you're paid. Doesn't matter if you're free to play. You know, since Ultima Online, 1998, I've seen, heard them all. Okay, no, nothing's going to stop that kind of person from playing a game. All right, you just have to find ways to deal with it. And thankfully, a lot of these games do have those in-game tools to prevent that. Okay, the ignore feature is a beautiful thing. Okay? So what you're saying, Lou, is don't worry, Swotor community. Fred's already playing. <laughs> no, no, more like keep the list unlimited. And you know what? The beauty about it, too, with Tor, the ignore function will never put you in the same group with them if you use the group finder. Which is a wonderful thing. Okay, um... Also, some forum posters voiced a concern over the proposition from Jeff Hickman from EA and Matthew Bromberg, all right, who's the GM of Bioware in Austin, that the staff is looking to push content out at a six-week interval. Now, players have noted with the recent reductions in Bioware staff, this may not pan out as well as they intend, along with keeping with bug fixes, class imbalances, game optimizations, so on and so forth. You know, this six weeks, uh, I mean, that sounds that sounds pretty, pretty cool. But I have to say, like, I don't know if I don't know if they're they're meaning this to be as as strictly enforced as as they kind of came off. I mean, I, I think what they mean to say is they would like to have a six week interval. But it's a goal, <laughs> you know. I'd also like to point out that the question out there is, why are we waiting until November for this thing to be free to play? Why not just do it now? I think what they're doing is they're queuing up their development cycle for this six-week thing. They're making stuff now. They're getting it started. So they have you know, a three-month lead. So when this thing does go free to play... They've already had a three-month lead on their development cycle for whatever they're trying to build and then release on a six-week interval. And I think that six-week interval is going to be debugging, polishing, and then releasing. So I think the stuff they're, they're making now is going to come out six weeks after they go free-to-play. And then once this goes free to play, they're going to start working on stuff that's going to come out six weeks after that first six week cycle. You get what I mean? 
Yeah, I think what they're doing now is totally what you're saying. Yeah, they they already have stuff in the works. Remember, before all this happened, even before they started doing the layoffs, they already had stuff in the works. Okay, EA and Bioware had already pre-positioned their people. All right, to account for that. All right, they assured you know the players that yes, you know the readjustment of staff isn't going to affect the content updates future game because they have projects in motion and the people that they're shuffling around you know they know their assignments they know what they have to do you know it's not like they're going over there i think the perception people have is that they think buyers going in there once a week literally with a blank slate and trying to say oh crap what do we have to work on this week <laughs> yeah i don't know about that yeah it, <laughs> folks this is a multi-million dollar game they have their grand plan laid out yeah <laughs> all right they just you know they're working on it now I mean, would we like to see stuff now? Who wouldn't like to see stuff now? But you know what? With all the turmoil that's been caused with everything going on, all right, let's give them the breathing room they need. Okay? I mean, they've given us some great stuff in the past. All right? I, I don't buy the argument. People say, well, it's too far and few in between. Well, guess what? You know, how long did it take World of Warcraft, here's an example, to come out with Burning Crusade? Yeah. <laughs> okay. EverQuest 2, it took them almost a little over a year to come out with Desert of Flame. Over a year. And it still wasn't good. <laughs> right? Okay, I played Dark Age of Camelot. It took them almost two years to come out with an expansion pack for that game. Wow. All right? EverQuest but 1. Is that, that, was that uh, Labyrinth of the Minotaur? Is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> one of them. <laughs> no. Now, come on, Lou. EverQuest 1 used to crank out a new expansion every six months. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but, but that was after Kunark, though. It wasn't before Kunark. That was after they came out with Kunark. All right. Fred, let's, let's, get, your, let's get your thoughts on this real quick, and then uh, we got to move on. Because um, I think if the listeners haven't stopped listening to us already, they're, they're probably ready to rip their uh, MP3 device out of their car and hurl it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Not out of anger, just because we're boring them. <laughs> Both of them? I don't know. Both maybe of the one, listeners? Maybe one of them. Oh. And it's not because of Lou. It's just... Yeah. Oh, I see. It's me. Yeah. No, it's it's not. So, Fred, what do you think about... <laughs> Before the both of you beat me up. <laughs> what do you got on this, Fred? Well, I think that the six-week interval goal is achievable because the majority of the layoffs haven't been on the development side. They've let go of some writers, but the majority of them were community relations people and people that work behind the scenes. I haven't seen a bulk majority of developers let go in any of the layoffs. So I think that's achievable, but I think that they need to dramatically cut down the amount of content that they put into one patch if that's what they want to do. Like maybe put out a world event on one six-week interval, and then six weeks later, put out a war zone. Six weeks later, a new flashpoint. Yeah. You know, maybe just break down what they were already doing. Real quick, both of you guys, um, McKeb and HK, before November or after? Go ahead, Lou. I think we'll see both in November. What about you, Fred? HK will be before November, and McKeb probably won't be till long after we're free to play. Okay. 
All right. Um, recently, a hopeful trend of posts from amongst our forum posters demonstrated a cautious but hopeful view with the free-to-play announcement. All right. Since it's still early and EA Bioware have yet to provide any further updates, the community is, is really adopting the watch-and-wait stance to give Bioware staff a chance to successfully transition the game over to the free-to-play model. So we, uh, as with everything okay, in this game, um, there's light at the end of the tunnel. All right. We've said that when they were doing the server merges, uh, we said that when they were putting out the LFG system, this is no different. This is going to come out and you will be happy as you were happy when they did the LFG system. And as you were happy when they finally got you onto that brand new server. So you'll be happy. Yes. Everyone just needs, I think just some time to let it finally sink in. And accept it. And then, you know what? Let's all wait and see. Correct. I know I, I know a lot of players out there are impatient. But, you know, we have to give the game company time it needs to get this stuff done. You know, that's the bottom line. We have to give them the time. Whether or not you want to wait, again, that's up to you. But, you know, we've waited and we've received some really great stuff from Bioware so far. Okay? What's to say, you know... They're going to deliver. In the end, they're going to deliver the content. Whether it's a couple days from now, a month or two from now, it's going to be pushed out, and we're all going to enjoy it in the end. So, again, if players want to vent, yeah, vent, but you know what? Don't say it's the end of the game. All right? It's not. There's too much involved. I mean, there's a lot of great people involved in taking this, you know, creating this game, making it work. And the players will only benefit in the long run. Fred, what else you got before we go on to our uh, our next our next uh, topic? Well, the last thing that I have to say about this whole free to play thing is when I first started playing this game, it was a subscription game, and I wanted to see it succeed as a subscription game. But I enjoy this game so much and like this game so much that. It doesn't matter what this game does. I'm still going to be a player. And if it needs to go free-to-play so it ensures that it's going to be around in two, three, four years, then fine. I'll be here when it's a free-to-play game. I'd rather have a free-to-play SWOTOR than no SWOTOR. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. That's the bottom line for all of us here, I think. Yeah. I think I think that was perfectly stated, Fred. Absolutely perfectly stated. All right. Um, so that's it. That's that's how we feel about, about free-to-play. Um, the community has, has sounded off. We're sounding off. Um, I hope this was exciting and, and different and interesting uh, for you, certainly than, than all the other stuff you've been hearing um, throughout the week. We're gonna, Obviously, we're going to stay on top of that, number one, because we want to. Number two, it's our job to you know report at least – fairly and accurately and it's a goal of the show to to give you something exciting and if if something's you know negative and obviously negative you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about it but you know damn it all we're gonna find some light at the end of the tunnel here (laughs) and uh and and there you have it you know that this is this is something we're all naturally excited about i'm stoked i can't wait for this to happen because i just want to see i want to see this game do well and I think this is going to be 
one of the many things that has happened in recent in the recent past that's going to make this game do well. The LFG system was phenomenal. The uh, you know mer- merging those servers together and getting a nice robust community on every single server was was absolutely perfect. And I think this is just going to be in step with that. All right. Um, as always, there is scheduled maintenance. All right. As of uh, August seventh today, uh, there was scheduled maintenance. All right. All game servers for for tour were were closed down. Um, this maintenance was uh, expected to take no more than six hours. And uh, there are some uh, some patch notes for this. All right. Which some of the highlights include uh, for the Jedi Knight Sentinel. All right. Saber Storm. The critical damage bonus. For Saber Storm applied to Ataru form was not functioning correctly. They have opted to remove it. The combat sentinels are performing within expectations. This change does not affect the current combat effectiveness of this skill. Alright, the same goes for the Sith Warrior side, Carnage, Sever. The critical damage bonus this skill applied to Ataru form was not functioning correctly opted to remove it as carnage marauders are performing within expectations this change does not affect current combat effectiveness of this skill (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see general information for the smuggler xs freighter flyboy this ability can no longer cause other players who are not flagged for pvp to become flagged and the imperial agent orbital strike the exact same thing uh, amen. Amen. Yes. Lou, what's going on with Legacy? What can you tell me about Legacy for this patch? All right. This latest patch introduced some changes to the Legacy system. And now they adjusted uh, a bunch of them, especially for the experience modifier perks. Mm-hmm. Okay. The ranks, you now get to uh, purchase the modifier perks, are now at level 2, legs level 2, beg your pardon, legs, legs level 3, 5, 7, and 10. Yeah, I like all of that. It, yeah, you, whereas before it was 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. So yeah. it was a pretty hefty, uh, uh, for lack of a better phrase, grind for Legacy. I mean, I didn't mind the grind. It was just a long haul. You know, getting from, from you know, 0 to 5, eh, you know, kind of a while. But getting from 5 to 10 has, has been has been taking a while for me. And I'm, I'm currently at Legacy Level 7. And, you know, I mean, it's a grind, and I'm happy to do it, because I, I enjoy a little grinding every now and again to, to get to get what I want. You know, makes it that much more, you know, uh, I guess, uh, it's a nice, a nice reward at the end. Gross. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Rick>. Uh... <laughs> someone, I guess someone had to say it, because I certainly was thinking it. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, this is, this is nice. It's, it's a nice change. Two, three, five, seven, ten versus five, ten, fifteen, twenty, and twenty-five. <laughs> Luke, continue. <laughs> sure. Now, for the companion modifier perks, they've been adjusted. The new ranks now for the companion modifier perks are now at level two, level five, level eight. As before, they were at least level five, ten, and fifteen. And those are great, especially if you're leveling up. You know, we get to get those acquire those uh, modifier perks a lot sooner. Really helps in the leveling process. So yeah. I'm glad they did that as well because, you know, I'm Mr. Alcoholic here. So <laughs> I like that change a lot. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, the Capital World and Outlaw's Den 
priority transit perks now require legacy level two, previously ten. Wow, wow. thank God. <laughs> what a drop. Yes. Uh, the Fleet Vanguard and Black Hole Priority Transit Perk now require Legs Level 5, previously 10. Ooh, hmm. thank God for that one too. <laughs> and the Legs Level Perks, uh, Legs Level required for Repair Droid Perks have been adjusted. The new ranks now include Legs Level 5, 8, and 12, which before it was 10, 15, and 25. Ooh, thank God for that. Yeah. Because I, I bought that perk not too long ago and. Yeah, he's right hand around. And the field respect perk is now legacy level five, as before it was legacy level ten. So now it's a lot better, I should say. That's actually awesome for that last point right there. The field respect perk. Yeah. So yeah. totally switch on the fly in the field. Not to worry about going back to the fleet. You still have to pay the money though. Yeah. <laughs> but still got to at pay. least you have to travel all the way back to the fleet to do it. <laughs> This is good. I like I like all of this. Like I said, I didn't mind it earlier. But Fred, what, what do you got on this, real quick, before we before we uh, end this 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 segment that was about sixteen podcasts long? <laughs> well, I have mixed feelings about this because on one hand, oh, it's okay. nice that they reduced these levels so people can get them easier. Mm-hmm. But now, what's the point to having a higher legacy level? Well, you know, um. I was wondering that myself, and I think what they're going to do is I think they're they're going to put in other perks at those higher levels. Yes, I I totally I hardly believe that as well. That, I mean, they never said that legacy is stopping. Yeah, they're always going to be looking to update it to add more stuff to it to give players incentive uh, to level the legacy because look at all the great stuff you can get. Additionally, I think this reflects where players most players are at with their legacy levels i think most players are at under level 25 with their legacy and i think they're doing this because they've noticed that and they're readjusting the legacy system to a fit more legacy in at at higher levels and b give the people the gamers the rewards that they're they're trying to grind toward a little bit faster well some people got severely kind of shafted with the legacy level system because there were a bunch of people that got to legacy level 50 and then they changed it so now once you're over legacy level 20 experience severely ramps up for what you need from legacy level to legacy level because previously it was the same amount from one to two legacy level all the way from forty nine to fifty. How so are they people, getting shafted though? I, they they because invested or, their time in a system that was you know a you know uh, current, and now the system is has changed. So I, I mean, what do you want Bioware to do? You want now to- <laughs> got shafted because. Uh, all the other people got to legacy level 50 when it required a fraction of the amount of XP to do it. And like now, I play all the time and I'm just in my low 20s because it ramped up so much. I was getting a legacy level or two like every other week. And now it's to the point where I'm lucky if I get one a month. Because the XP just ramps up so much going from legacy level 20 to 21 now. So I 
the, getting to legacy level 50 is so far over the horizon for me I don't know how long that will actually take to do I could play daily and I probably won't get that in a year okay but how did I, I'm still not I'm still not getting your your point here your 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 point is that people are who worked hard earlier now well that's the point I, I, that people I'm, I'm, I'm really earlier, confused what are, you, what are you talking about people earlier didn't have to work hard just doing the dailies they would get maxed on legacy levels in a month they would get to legacy level 50 nowadays you could do all your dailies and flashpoints and everything and it'll take you a solid month to get one legacy level after level 20 so they increase so, the 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 experience required in order to get those those legacies af- legacy levels after level twenty, by a ton. Okay. Whereas so people, people have to work harder now, a lot harder. But the people that got to level fifty under the old system got to keep it, so it's like they have a huge advantage in the numbers. So it's not surprising that they toned everything down. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know what? I didn't. I I didn't even realize that they increased. The, uh, the the experience requirement for those additional levels. I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, they did that. Probably I want to say it was like two months after launch when the game went live because so many people were getting to legacy level fifty just by doing their dailies, and then you know they're asking, well, what now? Mm-hmm. So like you know people are leveling their legacy too fast, so we need to change that. So they made it so. It's the same amount of XP needed from lo- Legacy Level 1 to 2 all the way up to 20 now, whereas it used to be all the way up to 50. And then once you get to 20, Legacy Level 20 to 21, it ramps up by a whole bunch. Like you get a ton more Legacy XP than you did from the previous levels. Okay. All right. Um, let's, let's move on to uh, the Jedi Archives. Lou is going to present to us Mitra Surik. So hang out. We'll be right back. I think it would be wise if you took advantage of my knowledge of this. Okay, welcome back. Those of you who have, have made it this far in our unbelievably long podcast. <laughs> Um, we were talking off air for a few minutes and, uh, we were just saying that, um, we're really happy with the way we covered the, the above, um, the above comments on the, on the, the free to play discussion. Um, we hope, we hope you are too. We hope, um, that number one, you were well informed and, and well entertained. Um, I do apologize if it went on a little longer than you would have liked. If you have any, any questions, comments really um anything you would like for us to do differently in the future on how we cover certain uh, big topics like this certainly if you'd like to if you'd like us to you know cut it down a bit um please let us know and and we'd be more than happy to to do that because we obviously it's a podcast for you we we aim to please um also if you like the way we handled it we want to hear from you too as well let us know what you thought of 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 all of that. If you if you enjoyed how we covered it, if if you like it 
long, you know, we'll continue to do that as well. So, all right, without any further ado, and there's there's been quite a lot of ado, <laughs> let's head into the Jedi Archives. Lou, you are presenting to us what exactly? All right, this week, going to do a really quick summary on Mitra Zurich. Wanderer, a general, an outcast, a Jedi. Or in the words of one of our former Padawans, or, and when they look at you and see the death of the Force... I look at you and see hope for all life. From Mikhail, her former Padawan. Mitra Surik. She's also known as the Jedi Exile. She was a human female Jedi Master who once served under Revenant and Malak during the Mandalorian Wars. So if you ever played KOTOR 1, KOTOR 2, yep, this is the one we're talking about. Now, as a young child... Surik was initially found and separated from her parents by the Jedi Order. And like many other pre-Jedi younglings of her day, Surik started her training as a Padawan at the Jedi Enclave on Dantooine. Hmm. Aren't they all on Dantooine? That hidden rebel base? Now, she was taken as an informal Padawan by the Jedi Knight known as Kavar. After Kavar left to fight the Mandalorians in the early skirmishes... She trained under many different masters, including Vima Sunrider, who was the daughter of the famous Jedi Master Nomi Sunrider. Master Sunrider would often caution the Unsurik to be mindful of her powers, especially her aptitude for severing one's connection to the Force. Now, for those who may not be familiar with uh, Sunrider, especially Nomi Sunrider, Nomi Sunrider first demonstrated the power of being able to totally sever anyone she touched. Uh, whether they were Jedi, Dark Jedi, or Sith, sever their connection to the Force completely and permanently. And I believe if you go to the Eversong Wood, she'll also sell you a hawk strap. <laughs> <laughs> Early on, she had demonstrated an unusual ability to influence others. And the Jedi Masters believed that she could form bonds to the Force as easily as, you know, to those around her. And it was an ability that she was not consciously aware of. Also, simply by observing another person in action, Sura could instantly learn force techniques and lightship forms that would take a Jedi Master years to perfect. Wow, I like that skill. <laughs> That's a great ability to have. However, as a Padawan, Sura would leave the Jedi Enclave in Dantooine and join the faction of Jedi who followed Revan and Malak to the Outer Rim to help aid the Republic in fighting the Mandalorian Wars. Malak himself personally went to recruit her on Dantooine and convince her to join their cause. Now, during these wars, she would prove her skills in battle and her knowledge in warfare in many of this war's campaigns, in bloodiest battles and campaigns, including the second battle of Onderon, Jungle Moon, which is known as Duxon. And through display, this particular display of prowess, Surik would attain the rank of general in the public military and be regarded only behind Malak in authority by Revan himself. It is also noted that she also attained the rank of a Jedi Knight during the war, but there's been no clear record as to when and where this actually happened. But we all, you know, it, it, it is established that she did become a Jedi Knight during the Mandalorian Wars. Now, it was overseeing the final battle at the Sith planet Malachor V. She was the one who gave the faithful order to activate what is known as a mass shadow generator. 
when it was clear that during this battle that the bulk of the Republic forces led by Revan would not arrive in time to engage the Mandalorian Armada. Okay, she was the one watching from her bridge, her command ship, seeing the entire tragedy unfold before her. Okay, in short, what had happened was she gave the command to, enact, to activate this massive doomsday weapon, and it destroyed both the Republic and Mandalorian forces when it went off. Okay, if you've played KOTOR 2, Natural Republic 2, the Sith Lord, you know that Malachor 5 is pretty much reduced to, to rubble. Okay, little bits and pieces of floating around in orbit, in its former orbit. And it was this ensuing death and destruction, particularly feeling those that she once called comrades and her friends, that caused what was, was known as the wound of the force. Right, the shock of that, that event happening caused her to sever her own connection to the force. Okay, if you remember that one scene in Star Wars New Hope where Ben collapses, well, essentially the same thing, except since the Sork knew a lot of these people that were dying, it affected her so much she knew, or she had the instinct to cut herself off because the shock would have killed her. Now, deaf into the force's call, she was incapable of assessing it all because of the interference of that severance of the connection. You know, she was essentially, well, what, you, what is a Jedi without connection to the force? Who knows? It's also important to note that she was the only Jedi under Revan that was able to turn away from the dark side after Malachor V, and the only Jedi Knight to willingly return to the Masters, the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, to face trial for her actions and to defend them. Okay, if you're not familiar with Kotor One, all right, all the Jedi that followed Revan and Malak to Mandalorian Wars fell with them. They all became Sith. Except for Misha Surik, the only Jedi who turned away and left. Okay, so picture it. Thousands and thousands of Jedi who followed Revit and Malak. Uh, Revit and Malak. She's the only one out of all of them came back. After her trial and being declared an exile from the Jedi, she then wandered around the Outer Rim territories for years. Okay, alone and broken until galactic events conspired to bring her back to the known regions which is known as the Dark Wars. Now, this is the events of Knights of the Republic II, the Sith Lords. Okay, And it was a return from exile, which helped bring about the end to what was called the Sith Triumvirate, which was composed of Darth Treya, Darth Sion, and Darth Nihilus. Okay? And she helped bring about the end of Nihilus' campaign to plunge the galaxy into darkness. All right, so as a, you know, a little background, if you're not familiar with the game, again, Nihilus becomes Lord of the Sith, all right, and he, his ability, he actually can consume the Force. Okay, and he just, pretty much everything around him dies. All right, so she helps stop him from advancing across the galaxy and, and pursuing his uh, campaign of conquest. And one last little note I just want to leave. It's, you know, during these adventures, Dark Wars, Okay, she would gain companions and additional allies that would leave her mark in the galaxy and especially in the Jedi Order. Because again, when you reach this point in time, the Jedi Order, okay, if you ever play the game and you, uh, especially Kotor 2, and you hear the beginning intro, okay, there's only one Jedi left in the galaxy. Okay, 
one declared Jedi left in the galaxy. And she is it. And because of her, and because she eventually does regain her connection to the Force, she helps rebuild the Order because it's her Padawans that she picks up along the way that sets the stage for the new Jedi Order to begin building stuff again. And the Order again rises off, would rise out of the ashes of what was left in the Dark Wars. So that's Mitra Surik in a nutshell. I mean, there's actually quite a bit of information on her wow. out there on the wiki. Um, they go into very great detail about uh, a lot of things she did in her life, and especially during the time frame covering Knights of Republic 2, Sith Lords game. So hopefully this is enough to get, uh, get you going and go out there and enjoy it. Yeah, um, I have one thing to add. Um, based on, on uh, Lou's recommendation, for those out there that really enjoy the, the uh, expanded universe, you may want to check out uh, Dark Horse's uh, comic book series in Star Wars, um, which I just, I just recently purchased the, uh, the series so far, <clears throat> um, Dawn of the Jedi. I've been oh, yes. reading. I've been reading Dawn of the Jedi. I read. Uh, I read uh, zero and uh, one and two so far out of six. It comes out each month, and the comic book is great, really great, really great. And um, I en- I enjoy what's what's going on so far. What I've what I've read so far, and um, yeah, it's a great read. I mean, yeah, Bob and I really both is. picked it up a couple of days ago. And for those who are, who aren't familiar with it, it's exactly what the name means: Dawn of the Jedi. So, just to give you a taste of what it is, imagine, okay, there are no Jedi, no Sith, it's just people, whether they're scientists, teachers, regular people, soldiers, who all of a sudden feel a connection and a pull somewhere, kind of like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Somehow, they feel something and they have to go somewhere, and they all go to this one little planet called Tython. Yeah. It's it's great stuff. I mean, um, I would recommend if you if you're interested in the way that sounds, get get uh, issue number zero, and it it lays out all of the different um, stuff that you're going to you read about in in the series. You're going to hear about key key uh, characters, uh, the places, um, sh- common ships that you're going to see, uh, common weapons that you're going to see. There aren't any lightsabers in in this, but there are what's called the Force Saber, which is an ancient piece of, of Ricotta technology. The Ricotta are in this as well. It's great stuff. Really interested um, in in finding out this whole thing. So if you if you like uh, if you like Star Wars lore, definitely check this out. It's, it's a must read for you. Um, and uh, Mitra Surik specifically, she has a large role in the Revan novel. And she also makes an appearance in Star Wars The Old Republic, if you know what to look for. Yes. But I can ruin that part of the game for you. Find out, folks. <laughs> yeah, just letting you know there's an Easter egg out there if you can find it. We, uh, we have an email that I would like to address. It was a, it was a late email. But I think I kind of like this one. It, this comes from Parker W. And he says, hey, guys, just got into SWOTOR. And I need y'all's help on choosing which class I should I should be first. Now, <laughs> it's a bit nebulous, um, but I the reason why I like it is because we're we're about to go free to play. People are getting interested. Sometimes p- 
people hear the news about the free to play and then they get they they might not they may want to start up the the free to 15 or just you know sub up to the game automatically and and check it out sometimes you know uh lots of press will will do that and people might be wondering you know if i decide to get this game what class should i go with i mean uh lou what what would you what would you recommend well, for, for any class, for, for a person that walks up to you and says, what class should I roll? What would you say to them? Wow, right off the bat? Mm-hmm. I'd say yeah. if you're going to go Empire, play Marauder. If you're going to go Republic, play a Sentinel. Well, if they, I, well, I actually say, well, do you like... <laughs> I mean, do you like the icons of Star Wars? I.e., the Jedi Sith slash lightsabers. Yeah. You know, the coolest weapons ever made. <laughs> Coolest weapons. What about you, Fred? What would you say? Oh, hands down, I'd say go uh, Sith Inquisitor. Sith Inquisitor. Oh yeah. I gotta say, I, the the little bit that I played around with the Sith Inquisitor so far, as per the little bit I played around with the Sith Warrior, I'm enjoying the Inquisitor a little bit more. I really am. What? Well, I- I told you my story a couple weeks ago about running the dailies on my undergeared Sith assassin versus my not overgeared but you know moderately geared Sith juggernaut and it's a world of difference. I have less gear on the inquisitor and I burn through mobs. I barely take any damage and it seems like I'm dealing a lot more damage. Yeah. So hands down I do that and the story is amazing. All right, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna start incorporating some of the tweets that uh, at Swotor Reforged gets, and uh, we have two that we'd like to share with you that we've received for the week. This one comes from at Owen Jordan, uh, which, by the way, if you if you send us a tweet, don't worry, we're not gonna give you we're not gonna say the full Twitter account over, you know, over the over the air. So uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna say this comes from at Owen Jordan, um, and he and. Uh, Mr. Jordan says, SWOTOR is going free-to-play this fall, keeping subscriptions. I might have to join SWOTOR Reforged on the server. Which is Candorous Ordo, by the way, guys, if you were wondering. And at Catjack says, fantastic choice on Grievance Guild as an option for SWOTOR Reforged listeners. Looking forward to running with you in-game. Fred, I saw you type in the hashtag you are with me. <laughs> you almost read it, too. Oh, my God. You were right there. Come on. Come on. You almost said push him over the edge. Just say it. Come on. Evarwini. There we go. Um, and our iTunes shout-outs. From Australia, we have Snorlax02. And from Canada, Catjack00634. Thank you very much, guys, for, for giving us that five-star review. Whew. Do we have any final thoughts on this show? Fred, why don't we start with you? What are your final thoughts, if any? It was just great to record another show with you guys. Oh. Wow. Wow. And I'm glad everyone's not talking about grinding stuff anymore. Oh, my. <laughs> That was seriously gross. Come on, dude. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. Second final thought. Yeah. Please, guys, remember, check out Joe Wilson's Kickstarter. Continue. 
C O N whatever. C O N T I N I A. Lost my paper. Yeah, lost paper. You're killing me, Fred. You're killing me. Lou, what about you? What's your final thoughts? Final thoughts, folks. Don't let the free-to-play get to you. It's a business model that's proven to work. Yes, it has its pros and cons, but you know what? It's way too early. We need to give EA and Bioware the space, the time they need to get that baby up and running. And you know what? As Varwin has said, as Fred has said, it's going to be a good thing for the community. It's going to be a good thing for the game. Yeah, it sure is. Don't let your fears and your preconceived notions, you know, sink that idea before it even has a chance to actually fly. So let, let's let's keep that in mind. It's gonna, you know, inject another great source of players, income, and it only makes the game better. Agreed. Um. Look, I, my final thought is: um, first of all, let me let me apologize for getting getting down on some of the other other tour podcasts out there. Um, what upset me the most about this, and let me be let me be clear: what upset me the most about this is if you listen to these shows, we understand you're a huge fan of the game, and I was disappointed, and I felt like. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I was let down by by the way some of them come off. So I, I apologize for spending some time on on my anger and our collective anger regarding what's been coming out this week. And additionally, I apologize for what they were saying to you. It's it's I, not all doom and gloom, okay? I just think it's interesting that people get so worked up hearing these podcasts, like they don't have a track record. For always being the doom and gloom podcast. It's been months since those particular podcasts have been the authority on this game. Yeah. It's very true. Okay, Fred, why don't you take us out with some of this QGN news? QGN news? We have things going on? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> Minecraft, off the record, records Sunday nights at 7 p.m., Planet Side off the record records Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. And I do believe this week will be episode number two. And that's bi weekly. And Elder Scrolls off the record records Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Diablo off the record records Friday nights at 6 p.m. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And also, we have Community Cast number two up on our main Quest Gaming Network feed. Eve Orwin was our guest host. And so you should definitely check that out. Yeah, had a lot of fun doing it. Fred did a great job first chairing that that particular episode. It was uh I had a great time. Um also, just just to just to throw it out there, all right, if you if you guys uh if you guys want to hang out with us in game, okay? I'm playing on Candorous Ordo. You can join the Grievance Guild and hang out with us. Okay, now if you want more information on Grievance Guild, just go to grievanceguild.com. That's G R I E V A N C E. Grievanceguild.com. These guys are more than a guild. They are a, a in-game community. They've got they've got guilds for uh, Planet Side, Terra, Minecraft server for kids. 
Um, the Secret World, they have uh, uh, Swotor uh, guilds for the Republic side um, on Candorous Ordo, where I'm at, um, as well as on the Empire side over at the Shadowlands, and an Oceanic Empire guild as well, which is uh, located on Dalbora. So at uh, grievanceguild.com is, is their website. Sign up for their, uh, their forums. Toss in a little note there that you're interested in joining. And uh, they'll meet up with you in game and, and uh, bring you into the fold. And it'll be, it'll be great to, uh, to, hear, to hear from our, from our listeners in, in the guild. Now, how to reach us. Our website is swotorreforged.com. Our portal site is questgamingnetwork.com. Our forums are located at questgamingcommunity.com. Our brand new forums, thanks to Fred. Oh, speaking and, of that, uh-huh. I, n- I know this is predominantly a SWOTOR show, but if anybody's interested on our forums, we're having a contest right now where we're going to be giving away a brand new copy of Minecraft for the PC. So if you're interested, head on, oh, okay. head on over to our forums and sign up. This is very true. Okay, and our email, if you want to email the show, SWOTORreforged at gmail.com. The show has a Twitter. You can tweet us at SWOTORreforged, S-W-T-O-R-R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D, SWOTORreforged. My name is Ivarwin. You can tweet me at Ivarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou is on Twitter as well. He is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-1-1-B. And Fred is at Sith Lord Corv. Sith Lord Corv. K-O-R-V. Sith Lord Corv. And we have a presence on Facebook as well. You can click on the Facebook button on our website, SwotorReforged.com, and like us. And automatically follow our updates. Swotory Forge is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. Fred, it's time to say goodbye. Just remember, folks, if you have time, head to Twitter, send Evarwin a tweet, and use the hashtag Evarwinny. <laughs> you know, only if you can make the time, and you know, if you don't have to move a couch or something else important like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> this couch thing will never go away. That's never going anywhere. Rob, it's never going away, man. Poor, poor Rob. I haven't spoke God, Rob Bauer. I haven't spoken to him in like forever. We got It's okay. He'll never hear him. this. His wife doesn't let him listen to podcasts. Oh, stop. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> now he's going to be a guest on the show just to put you down like the dog you are. Exactly. She won't let him. She won't let him. <laughs> Lou. <laughs> Give us your sign off. Good night, everyone. Glad you were all here. See you all again next week. That's right. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, for bearing with us, for making us your slow tour podcast or one that you listen to amongst the others. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Slow Tour Reforged. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the force be with you. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.